Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom. Hotel. I want to welcome you to another airing of Conscious Vibes Radio. Of course, I am your host, Ramiel Ilbay. And tonight, our show is going to be a little different than what we normally do. We're going to do it as a question and answer session. We are going to have, uh, we're honored to have um, Dr. Eileen L. Bay, a part of the show, and he's actually going to uh, be bringing some information about an upcoming event. And of course, he's uh, he's invited to stay on the line as long as his time uh, facilitates him being able to do that. And hopefully, can um, also answer some questions for you that you may have. But as far as the questions, uh, I wanted to do a show where any question is able to be answered. Um, because a lot of times the shows that we do are about a topic. So I know a lot of, you know, people have lots of questions about different subjects that they may be dealing with or just about information in general, uh, research needs, book needs, whatever it may be, things that they've researched and may not have been able to come to a grand understanding of or, or whatever it may be. So you're invited to... Uh, just simply push one, ask whatever question um, that you need to get an answer to to get the information. Before we get into the show and before I bring on um, uh, Dr. Eileen, a uh, few announcements. Remember that we have the study classes in the different territories. So we have the Great Shield Order West Khalifa study class and the San Jose Territory, that's uh, every other Wednesday, and it is run by Brother Rob Bay, and that is uh, at Giant's Barbershop, so if you're in um, that area, the San Jose Territory, that's a, a study class that you can definitely get to. We also have the study class that is at 43 11 Atawa, and that is every other Saturday, and that's run by Brother Hakeem Elbay, Sister Sabrina Elbay, and Sister Kyla Elbay. We also have the study class that is in the uh, Oakland, San Francisco territory that is every Thursday. And that takes place at Samuel Merritt University. That's um, run by myself and Brother Sadiq Elbay. It also can be viewed via live stream. All you have to do is go there, um, enter uh, my attribute into the search, and it will bring up my page there, and you can just create a simple profile so that you'll get all the alerts for the upcoming classes, and you can literally be a part of the class as it's going on, um, you know, be able to get your questions answered right now, and as everyone knows who's been a part of the class, we're going over uh, the Quran of the Morris Science Temple, 
Then um, starting at the top of July, we'll be dealing with um, the Constitution. So we'll go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. Eileen, and we'll get the um, get the show started. Islam, can you hear me, brother? Yes, I can. Peace, can you hear me? Yes, yes, loud and clear. How's the more? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? You know, all is well. All is well. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate y'all uh, taking time out. I know y'all y'all moving about right now, so I appreciate y'all taking the time out to come on. Um, I wasn't uh, sure of how long you, you know, you had, but you're welcome to, you know, stay until your time says that you have to go. So, All right, thank you. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, so before... Um, if you want, you, you know, you want to go ahead and drop the information about what's going on this weekend, uh, which is the source of, of you coming on. Um, what is happening up in the Sacramento Territory? Well, we're going to have a good lecture, actually two lectures. Um, one is going to be on Moorish Zodiacal Cosmology, and the other one is going to be on, on Regaining Our Sovereignty. Um, so Moore's cosmology and zodiacal sciences, as I refer to it as, um, and and nationality and regaining your sovereignty. So um, that's going to be this coming weekend. That's the 14th and the 15th. That's Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's going to start at 12 um, p.m. to 4 p.m. All right, it's going to be at 4311 Ottawa Avenue, Sacramento, California, 95822. And for those interested, can contact Brother Hakeem L. Bay. Y'all can definitely contact that brother. His number is 916-683-6361. Okay. What is what is the event on Saturday? Is that the one about the uh, uh, cosmology, cosmology and, and everything? Sciences, right? Okay. Okay. And so, just for those who um, may not know exactly what that is, how how would we uh, how would you describe that uh, to what they taste buds a little bit? Right. Well, um, essentially. We know that we have planet Earth. We're part of a solar system, um, allegedly with, you know, eight other planets, us making nine, and then you have our sun. And then, of course, in astrology, you add in the moon as well as in um, new planets on which that is coming into view, one being Chiron, which came in um, 1977, um, in which that, now is influenced by Ophetius, which is said to be the 13th um, constellation, in which that is after or named after a real person by the name of Imhotep from out of the third dynastic period. 
Um, so, officiates is referred to as the serpent wrestler. And that sign is coming to play in the 12 zodiacs now, plus one, as it is the 13th since 1997. So, we're going to be talking about um, astrology, numerology in a sense. Um, or what is called geomantria, as well as some other information, and just tying all this um, together on how this really plays an effect upon the human anatomy and what the human anatomy really is. Um, that's what we really will go into on what is the human body and, you know, and who are we? And so we're going to, now will you be doing any <clears throat> uh small chart interpretations or will you get into anything like that at the event? Um, it's possible for those who bring their charts. Um we can do um astrological charts. Um for those who are interested can actually go to our website and actually get them done and bring them with you. And we can go um, over some of the information. Of course, it won't be during that class. It will be afterwards in a private consultation. Um, so that way, you know, people can, you know, get a chance to get their questions answered and get the information in which that is um, definitely pertinent and needed. You know, so um, for those that are go to our website, www.dralemalbay.com and go to the section of astrology charts and numerology um, charts. And so by where, if they bring it in, then so they'd have to uh, make sure to get set up for a private consultation, but you may, um, based on, you know, really educational purposes, going to help if people understand how to right. understand and decipher those things. Right. The lecture is going to be general for everyone, but the private consultation will be personal. So we want to separate that so that um, it won't take up time on the actual lecture so that everybody can get a general um, analysis and understanding, understanding, comprehension, understanding of what we came to present. You know, we're not coming um, across the country, you know, being that we're on the eastern seaboard, North Carolina, then coming all the way to, you know, California on the western, you know, seaboard to just, you know, um, come and just, you know, waste people's time. We want to give practical information. We want to be able to um, show them how they can do it and what, you know, the science is behind it all. Okay. And, and then right, on. And when we talk and when we talk about zodiacus, we talk about mother zodiacus, which is actually the word zoe within Greek means animal. So, a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, zodiac, the word zodiac means animal circle. So, it's talking mm-hmm. about the Greek version of the ancient Kemetic um, version or Tamarian version, which is now called Egyptian version, in which that is actually in the upper area of the Het Heru Temple called the Temple of Dendera. And if you walk into the Temple of Dendera, you will see um, the 
older astrological constellations um, up at the top of, you know, at the top of the wall, you know, of the, you know, of that particular temple is at the top. So, you know, their animals is very similar to the ones in which that we learn from the Grecian um, mythology, as they say. You know, um, you know, we have Aries. In which that would be the ram, well, that within the age comedic would be Amen. Amen Ra, in which that he was the ram headed deity or God or nature. And then, of course, we have Taurus, in which that is um, the bull. Um, that would be Apis, which is a form of um, Osiris or Saw, in his bull form, which is talking about. Uh, 4,000 years ago when the sun was in Taurus. Then we have, of course, Gemini, which is the twins, and which that is oftentimes within the Greek, would be the two males, in which that they get that from the battle from out of the coming forth by day and night, and it's known by E.A. Wallace Budge as the Book of the Dead, in which that is the battle between Heru and Set, or Soot, who was his uncle, all right? Um, prior to that, there was male and female, in which that was mm-hmm. Osar and Osset, which is Osiris and Isis, all right? Then, of course, you have Cancer, which is the crab on the wall in the Temple of Dendera. That would be Kepera, which is the dung beetle, all right? The beetle mm-hmm. um, pushes... Um, you know, the dung ball of dirt across the um, soil, and it looks as if the sun is being moved across the sky, all right? Then, of course, you have, you know, coming down from Cancer is Leo. And then, of course, you know, Leo is the lion. Well, that would be Atum or Atum Ray or Atum Ra, um, in which that is also the lion. The counterpart, the female counterpart would be Segmat. Um, the lioness um, or the lioness head deity or nature. All right, then come down further, you have um, Virgo, all right, in which that Virgo is the virgin. And of course, um, that is Osset Mary, M E R I, in which that becomes the Virgin Mary in the Catholic Church, who becomes the Queen of Heaven, the Mother of God. And God, of course, you know, being Jesus Christ, as they refer to him as, all right? But that is actually um, a form of our set, which is called Mary, M-E-R-I, in which that means beloved or, um, you know, a beloved one. And then, of course, we have um, Libra, in which that is the scales of balance, in which that is Mayat, you know, um, is right there, you know, in the book of coming forth by day and night or the opening of the mouth ceremony, in which that speaks about the scales of balance, which is talking about the weighing of the feather against the heart, you know, which is called the Mayatian scale or the scale of Mayat. You know, and, and of course, 
and we have Scorpio, in which that Scorpio is the scorpion, which is called um, the female version is Seket, the male version is Seket, in which that is actually Scorpios, Scorpions, all right? And then the new sun that comes in is between Sagittarius since 1997 and Scorpio, which is called Officius, um, which is actually Imhotep. That is the, basically the only sign which is actually based on a person who actually lived. And, of course, Imhotep, the father of medicine, lived during the Third Dynasty or dynastic period, and he was, you know, um, the prime visor. Um, that would be equal to the seat as that of the Pope today, you know. Um, so he had the next highest position next to the Pharaoh, you know, or Nagu as they was called during that time period, all right? And his name was Zozer or Dozier, and um, he was next to him in power, all right? This is the Joseph story that we find in the Old Testament. They get that rendition from there, all right? And also from the two brothers, or the tales of the two brothers, which is spoken about um, in um, ancient tales, all right? Um and then, of course, um, Ephesians is also referred to as the serpent wrestler, as we spoke about earlier. And then that's important because Scorpio symbolizes the genitals, and then, of course, Sagittarius symbolizes the small of the back, uh, the sacral area. So, of course, Ephesians comes in as the serpent wrestler, which symbolizes the resurrection or the raising of Kundalini, wrestling through um, it's ethereal threads in order to um, bring enlightenment, you know, to the to this, you know, galaxy, as we would say, to the solar system, to this world. And then, of course, like I said, we have Sagittarius in which that, you know, is a um, centaur or half man, half um, animal of some sort. Some show that it's a horse, some show that it's a goat. You know, um, regardless, that is symbolically to lower self, higher self, to which that Sagittarius symbolizes. And we find that Sagittarius is Shu, S-H-U, which is the personification of air, all right? Um, both Shu and Sagittarius both shoot the bow and arrow, all right? Um, then, of course, we have um, Capricorn, in which that, you know, um, is also half animal, half man, in which that now it goes to the goat, um, allegedly is the lower portion now, all right, in which that that is called the goat of Mendez um, in the ancient comedic teachings. All right, comes further down, you have um, Aquarius, and Aquarius um, is the symbol of man, and the symbol of Aquarius happens to be Heru in this regard. And then, of course, we have Pisces, in which that is the two fish, in which that is represented, um, represented as actually Sebek, 
which is the crocodile nature or deity. So these are symbolically um, the 12 zodiac signs based on the Temple of Dendera as compared to that of the, Greece, the Grecian or Greek version. Um, so, you know, I just want to um, say that before we go any further. Okay. Let me ask you this. Um, when we're looking at uh, those two different versions, why is it important? Um, and I know this is going to be sort of a, a question based on someone being a neophyte, but we have a few people who may not understand the importance. Uh, but why is it important that we understand both versions of, of, of where these things are are coming from? Right. Well, the Greeks inherited from the Minoans, who actually was the followers of men, which meant that they came from out of the philosophy and the schools of men, which was Amen, from out of ancient Egypt. So they were the original people in that area, at one time, which was so-called, so i.e., black people. Um, so, you know, it actually is the same story. However, when you see the pale Greeks, which actually was Persians, come into the mix, you know, and they take over that particular area, and there was some regenification in which that has taken place, um, and they get a hold of these myths and this information, you know, even though we know that myth is based on some type of actual testimony or actual eyewitness account, something in which that actually took place, in which that was turned into some type of mythology in order to make it palatable for the um, for the individual which that is telling the story to, um, that the individual who's telling the story to the people, they can grasp and understand it at a much greater rate than you know, um, you know, than just, you know, having to read it. Because we know that a lot of the ancient stories were oral traditions. They did not depend upon, per se, you know, information written on stone or tablets. But we know that the ancient Kemites or Tamarians, which is the Egyptians, did do so. So the difference is, is that some of the changes did take place, like we spoke of, um, like you have cancer, which is crab, but in ancient Kemetic teachings that would be, um, like we said, um, kepra, which is the dung beetle. So there are changes in which that did take place, you know, but essentially a lot of it did remain um, the same, you know, in some shape, form, or fashion, you know, so... You know, that, that, that would be something in which that, you know, we can still utilize because it's still based on that type of principle in that regard. Um, the ancients knew that the poles were flat and that the earth was more so oblong, which is more so looking like an egg. If you take an egg and turn it sideways, that is actually how the earth really looks. Um, the poles are flattened. The earth is not flat itself and which that is going on now, and there's a lot of disinformation, misinformation going on about that. But it is um, oblong, which means that it's flattened at the poles, and plus the earth wobbles at 23.5 degrees. Um, so it's off its axis. It's not at a 90-degree angle, you know. Um, so 
once these things are understood, you know, then we can move forward and get a better um, understanding of how astrology, these constellations, these planets play play an influence upon us in our development from um, babyhood, childhood, into adulthood, you know? Okay. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to, um, you know, ask you a question, change the subject just, just a little bit. Um, we know that um, uh, of your dealings and, and, and what you do with Washita, at least I do. Uh, but what I wanted to do is for those who may not understand the history of, of Washita, is to uh, have you give a brief, just a very brief synopsis of Washita and some of the historical le- legacy, um, and then some things that people, some books or resources that people can go do some research in to understand what Washita is and some of the legacy left by uh, uh, the Empress also. Right. Well, the Empress book, um, the first one of the first things that she asked is uh, when we visited her in 2004 when she was in a nursing home, was, did y'all read my book? And we said, yes, ma'am, we read it. And she said, good, because that's what y'all would need in order to continue this movement. Now, what the name of that book is The Return of the Ancient Ones. So it would be it would behoove everyone who's listening to this show to um start to obtain a copy that book. Um, the new book in out um the new book that is out which is uh copy written in two thousand eleven. Um there's some pages and some things, some information which that has been taken out of that book. You know, so uh, I would try to get my hands on the older version, the older copy that the Empress actually put out in the um, early to mid-90s, you know, Return of the Ancient Ones. Another good book is We Are um, Washita, um, which was by um, Brother um, Umar um, Shabazz Bay. Um, another book is by myself called The First World Order, The Global Path of the Indigenous People of the Planet um, Earth. Um, we go into it from different angles, and how we got here not just thousands, not just hundreds of thousands of years ago, but millions and billions of years ago. Um, we know that from the book Forbidden Archaeology by Michael Creedmoor and Richard L. Thompson, it was blast in which that was carried out um, by the, um, allegedly by um, those of, connected to the Smithsonian, Washington D.C., in which they, they end up hiding um, certain amounts of information, in which that they try to hide this information of a blast, in which that was done in Dorchester, Massachusetts, in which that blew a vessel. A vase um, or a vessel is similar to like a a bell-shaped structure from out of rocks called plant stone, in which that dated back 600 million years ago. And that was in Dorchester, Massachusetts. That, so that was right here in North America. You know, so we have relics in which that dates back um, allegedly that old, you know. Um, so... 
you know, we're looking at a much older um, or evidence of us being here um, prior to the um, continental drift in which that occurred allegedly 200 to 250 million years ago. Okay. Which is very, and, and then of the... course, right, and of course that's verified by Prophet Nobudrali within chapter um, 47, you know, mm-hmm. where he speaks about um, before the great earthquake. And that portion about the so-called great earthquake was talking about before the great landmasses were moved apart. The landmasses was all together, which is called Pangaea or Asia um, at that time, um, you know. Um, and so you have coming up the empress um, getting back the land in which that was um, aired property uh, from the Turners, in, in particular Henry Turner. That was done, you know, in the 1800s, all right? Um, Henry Turner, you know, um, his heirs, it was called the heirs of Henry Turner versus the United States. And when you look up the case, you will find out that the heirs of Turner versus United States in the Supreme Court actually won um, showing that they were the indigenous people here, that they had um, an indigenous um, title um, to the land, and they won against the United States, showing that the Louisiana so-called purchase was just that, it was never purchased. You know, um, come to find out that one of the uh, representatives of that case in around 1848 was Eliza Turner, who happened to have been Prophet Nobudrali's mother. All right? Um, so uh, we know that based on We Are the Washington by Brother Umar um, Shabazz Bey, um, he states specifically that the names Washington was turned um, 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 Washington was the original name in which that became Washington, and Turnica was the original name before it became Turner. So um, those were the original names showing that they was part of the original tribes. Washington Turnica was the original tribes in which that was there within um, that Louisiana um, purchase, said purchase um, area, in which they actually stretch through mid um, Louisiana all the way up through 13, um, you know, more than 13 states all the way up into Canada, almost the whole of Canada. Actually, it equals up to about 30 million acres, all right? Um, Even Thomas Jefferson gave his sentiments at the time, knowing that that fraud um, in which that took place by the United States claiming it because um, allegedly – uh, France bankrolled it to Spain. Spain bankrolled it over to the United States. Um, however, what we've come to find out when people do the research is that the only thing in which it actually was sold was two barracks and a road or so. Um, it was two roads and a barracks, a military barracks in Louisiana um, that was actually sold, and that was sold for uh, $15 million, but come to find out that um, 375, um, well, 3.75 million 
of that never reached um, Napoleon, you know, and therefore services was never rendered out of the uh, 15 million in gold. Um, matter of fact, it's sunk beneath the ocean floor, allegedly off the coast of Africa. I mean, excuse me, off the coast of Florida, which is part of Africa based on the new information that has been discovered on the new reports. Matter of fact, Florida and um, parts of Alabama um, has been stated to be on um, part of Africa, showing once again what Prop Nogodrani mm-hmm. stated that this is Northwest um, Africa. You know, in Chapter 47 again. So, you know, all of this is just being verified. He also stated that, you know, um, in his oral statements and prophecies that, you know, that before the Europeans came, that Moors lived up and down the Mississippi River. You know, there was over um, 2,000 mounds, pyramids, up and down the Mississippi and more than 200,000 throughout the country. Now that has dwindled down to the destruction to less than 20,000. And it's dwindling even more as they continue building their infrastructure, as they say. And so what is the, we hear a lot about, just speaking about Memphis. Right. Right, that was that was part of ancient Egypt um, of the West, in which that um, Abraham Lincoln spoke about. He's going to give back five states to the free blacks, i.e., the Moors, um, when he um, around between 1863 um, through 1865. During that time period, um, we supposed to be returning. Um, Five states in which that Tennessee, um, Alabama, um, or what is now called Alabama, Mississippi, um, portions of um, Kentucky, Arkansas, you know, there was, and you know, parts of what we now refer to as Florida, um, actually was um, all part of that. Um, well, what they refer to as ancient Egypt of the West. And, of course, we know that if you go a little bit further towards um, Arizona, we can actually see that because, you know, right there we have 18 temples, you know, um, of ancient Egypt um, right there within the Grand Canyon in which that they found Temple of um, Orset or Isis, the Temple of Ra, you know, so forth and so on. You took my next question. (laughs) I was about to ask about the, um, you know, that excavation that that went on there, um, you know, and what your research has shown about the authentic, uh, how authentic it is, uh, with the right. removal, you know, of, of a lot of the, um, the mummies and a lot of the giants that have been found, uh, right, and all of those things. What what have you been able to discover from that? Right. Well, um, at these particular mounds, specifically in Ohio, I have pictures um, in my new book, in which that will be coming out soon, which is the revised version of the First World Order, in which that we show, you know, these um, eight to eleven foot tall 
you know, um, skeletons of these giants who is um, the mound builders, you know. Um, hence, Washto Dita Damanya. You know, Dita Damanya is the Creole word for when we built the mounds, y'all, um, which is the mound builders. So, you know, this is a reference to these um, said giants who stood 8 to 11 feet tall. Um, but, I mean, we go further. I mean, before 65 million years ago, we were talking about beings at one time because of the oxygen content was about 35% um, in oxygen as compared to today is less than about 20, is less than 21%. But 65 million years ago, because of the high content of oxygen, we grew taller. You know, there's um, beings who was tall as 36 feet tall, 25 feet tall, 18 feet tall, you know, 12 feet tall, you know, down to, you know, um, 7, 8 feet tall, down to now 6 feet to um, 5, 4 feet. You know, but at one time we was actually 36 feet tall, you know, and this has been, you know, shown in many books. You know, um, one was by Lord Pye, in which that everything that you know about history is, um, is wrong. Okay. So now spell that uh, the Lord Pi. Is it how it's right. right? L L O Y D Lord Pi P Y E. Okay. And do you um, know the name of that uh, that book? Say it again. The Do you know the uh, the name of the book? I don't, I don't catch what you said. Right. Everything. The name everything. of it. Right. Everything that you've been told about, um, everything you've been told in history is wrong. Okay. Right. Now, before we uh, ask you another question, if anyone has anything, uh, again, let me know when you need to disconnect, and um, um, and it'll be no problem. If anyone has any questions um, regarding any of the things we discussed, uh, or that he's um, elaborated on, or any other question that they want to get in, go ahead and start pushing one. As I see people coming in, I'll, I'll get the um, uh, I'll get the questions in as they you know as you come in in order. Now, as a uh, as a follow up to that, now with the the mound builders um, and the Washita being spread out, what are some of the other um, names or attributes? that uh, were taken on uh, by us during that period of time that people may not recognize as another attribute for Washita. Right. Well, there was the so-called five civilized tribes in which they'd be known as the Choctaw, which is Washita, the Creek, which is Muscogee, the Seminole, which is the Yamasee, the Cherokee, which is the um, Ani, um, um, the Aniwa, um, the Aniwa, or uh, what is also referred to as the um, Seligi. And then, of course, you have um, the Chickasaw. 
okay? But this actually was the L's, the Bays, the Days, the Owls, and the Ali's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we have, a, um, we have someone who's coming in with a question. Um, I'll go ahead and bring them in if that's okay with you. The, it's coming from area code 916, the exchange is 424. Area code 916, exchange 424, Islam. Islam, brothers. Islam. Yeah. Dr. Al- Alim, this is Sister Sabrina L. Bay in Sacramento. Greetings, peace. Peace. And we're looking forward to having you here, Dr. Aleem Bay. Thank you. <laughs> um, on this, I guess you're coming in Friday. Yes. We look, we look forward to the weekend with you here in Sacramento. Um, I'm anyway, looking forward to it, too. Good, great. Yeah, this is, this is I'm even more excited now hearing this discussion. <laughs> I do have a question for either of you or both of you to get your take on this. I went to what's called Kemet. And well, let let me preface it with saying with my question with saying there's been discussion over the last year or more and um, well, since I started studying, really the last two years, here about the falcon and the eagle, e- eagle is birds. Because I heard you talking about, and this is what made me think of it when you were talking about the different animals and the symbols and et cetera. Okay, and. My question, I'd like to get each of your take on the significance of the falcon eagle and is is in in terms of representing being a representative of our our ancient history and representation of Moors um and or does it even matter is it is you know are both um truthful representations acceptable representations uh, hopefully i'm making sense that's my question yes um both oh my God, and i'll just say when i was there i mm-hmm. did notice i saw the falcon everywhere right yeah so that now so I'm now yield the floor. Right. Um, the falcon would be a small version or a smaller version of the eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we really find is the mythology in which that came forth from their symbolism, which will actually is the Bennu bird, which is the phoenix, which, of course, we know the mythology of the phoenix raising from out the ashes every 500 years. Um, that actually is our symbol, which is the symbol of Heru. Heru was also referred to as Bennu, um, which symbolizes um, the renewal, mm-hmm. all right? Um, so our soul 
is renewed, you know, um, symbolically via incarnations, hence the term reincarnation. So that is where that is symbolic to. The bird symbolizes um, the soul flying or soaring from out of the body. You know, um, the eagle uh, became the symbol from the time of the 13 councils in which that there was 12 councils and the Europeans um, as they came here, they wanted to do import and export, which is trade, um, through via our um, ports on the eastern seaboard. So we gave them access to areas in which they became known as the 13 colonies. It was never meant for them to have control outside of colonies. Colonies are towns, not states. All right, not um, areas in which that um, now goes into go west, young man. You know, which that we see the Lewis and Clark expedition, and all that nonsense in which that took place. You know, with the, um, you know, William Hurts. You know, putting forth um, smallpox. You know, to the Pontiac Indians and decimating more than twenty-five million. Um, Moors, Native Americans, you know, indigenous people from, you know, all over the Americas, from Alaska down all the way to Peru, you know, that that was never, um, you know, that was their form of ethnic cleansing that was not supposed to have been um, taking place because we never gave them any authority to go um, beyond um, the area in which that they had access to import and export. That's why they call the U.S. corporation or the U.S. of America, the United States of America. America is not of the United States. Mm-hmm. That means America has a superior position, and based on the definition, based on what's the Universal Dictionary of 1937 and 1936, 1937 particularly states American Aboriginal um, copper-colored people or natives uh, found here by the Europeans. Um, so that means that the Europeans was not here. So who is the um, Aboriginal copper-colored natives? You know, if I take a penny and I put up against most of our skin, most of us have that same skin complexion um, as that penny, you know. So we were those native people or indigenous people um, in which that they were really referring to. And so um, that symbolizes the people of Heru. We are the people of Heru. And it is now time for us to rise once again as the Bengal bird symbolized as that resurrection. Um, you know, the Jesus mythology is based on that resurrection. You know, the Osarian mythology is based on that resurrection. But the Jesus um, story, the Osarian um, uh, story is talking about the resurrection of the soul you know, which is the symbol of that falcon and which that later on becomes that symbol of that eagle. So you're Um, saying at one time, yes, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, sis. Get the question, there's no problem. Pardon me? 
No, I said go go ahead. You, you had a follow up. Oh, question. I was going to just clarify. I'll add after you're done. Okay, I was just asking for clarification. So you're the, you said that Falcon is the baby eagle, and right. the eagle represents our resurrection or the resurrection of the soul. So in other words, you eventually leave the Falcon and become the eagle. Or go to the eagle state. Right, because both birds, all the birds represent, birds that can fly symbolizes um, the soul, you know, within ancient comedic philosophy. That's what um, the birds symbolized was the flying of the soul, the freeing of the soul from the physical bondage of the body. Hence the term incarceration or incarnation. You know, um, the soul now is free from its prison or prism you know, which is the physical body, you know, um, the body of light, uh, um, which is actually crystallized and which that is now referred to as matter, you know. So, yes, um, in that sense, um, they, um, within um, Egypt, they had the falcon. Um, here we have the falcon and the eagle. So, you know, they are actually um, symbols of that same Story of the soul resurrection, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like I was saying, the eagle uh, became part as the European came in as in the form of the corporation. We made him part of the thirteen fire council. Um, um, if you go and do the research on the Iroquois Confederation, um, you will see that. Um, they came to us to learn how to put together their um, constitutions. You have four constitutions. You have the Constitution of Confederation, the Constitution, well, the Constitution of what they refer to as the Articles of Association, which was 1774. You have the Constitution of Articles of Confederation, which is 1781. You have Constitution of Declaration of Independence, which is 1776, and you have the Constitution of uh, for the United States of America, which becomes the Constitution of the United States of America, which later becomes the United States Constitution. But that was 1789, um, going into 1791. You know, so there's uh, really four constitutions in that regard, the last one being redone over and over again. Um, even the Declaration of Independence was done over again, as it is not the original um, one. Um, but this came from the Iroquois Confederation, um, from um, the Treaty of um, Well, the Peace of um, the, um, Peace of Tree, um, um, which was the Constitution that we had at that time. Um, I think it was called the Gananashiwa. Um, so. If people go and do their research, they will see that particular um, Iroquois um, Confederation um, Constitution, and they will tell you that Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, um, different other ones, you know, who the so-called the fathers of of the United States, actually sat amongst the Iroquois and learned how to formulate um, government from them, and so we made them. Um, through initiation, um, part of the 13 Fire Council, which 
their symbol became the eagle. So even the eagle on the back of the dollar bill was the symbol we gave to them, which was actually symbolic to Heru also. Because originally it was to be a phoenix. And even Benjamin Franklin proposed it at one time to be a turkey. Because mm. very simple is um, the soul. The reason why he wanted to be a turkey was because um, he understood that the Moors, um, that the original Moors um, were Turks um, in that way, which was dark-skinned um, people, not the so-called pale, light-skinned people that they now have within Turk or Turkey now, um, but um, was symbolic to that, um, that starring crescent, which that is worn by a nation of Islam members um, nowadays, you know, which symbolizes... Um, you know, the star turned towards the west and the five-pointed star, which happens to be the same um, flag as that of Turkey today. So we're supposed to be um, the Muslims in the west, you know, um, or the Moors in the west. Okay. Yeah. He did a great job of covering it, so it's not a whole lot in there for me to to throw. Yes. But did, Thank you. Did you get the um, Did you get enough clarity for for your question, uh, or did you was yeah, answer clear enough? Yeah, you very good. At, you I have to put. Sorry for this feedback. I'm gonna. My battery's going out, so I'm trying to. Just a minute. Not a problem. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did get clarity, and um, so. But but my my part two of that question is. Uh, so are is either or acceptable, or is the falcon yes, no longer? Yes, because accept- both symbols are ours. You're gonna have the falcon from ancient Egypt, or Tamari, or Tamare, or you know Egypt. Um, yes, that is our symbol that we have for Heru. But then when um, you have the people um, from out of ancient Kemet, when they, uh, Egypt, um, you had them during the 18th dynasty, um, which is called the Amanar, um the family of Amanar, um within the Quran, that is the holy, that is the, um, the family of Idaram, which is the third surah, um, in which that speaks really about um, the 18th dynasty, dynastic period in which that the Egyptians came here. You had the Egyptian throne um, queen um, had had Shepsut to come to Akhenaten to come, um, allegedly, um, to the Americas. Hence we find, like we said earlier, the 18th, um, ancient Egypt of the West, as Lincoln referred to it as, uh, Memphis, which we actually called Minka Pata. Um, and then you know, um, you know, spread, you know, actually to um, where you have the 18 temples of um, Arizona. But when they joined the Iroquois, the symbol was that of the eagle. But they both symbolized the same thing um, in that regard, you know, which was the symbol of Heru. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, I will say to that, um, Whenever we're looking at any of the symbols that the, um, you know, the Anglo-Saxon or the Germanic tribes are using, most of those symbols uh, are going to 
go back to us. And so, you know, and that's almost in any corner of the planet that you're looking. Because historically, they really don't have um, any authentic culture. So most, if not all of their culture, is using that adaptation based on colonization or exploration. And now they use the symbols, but most of their symbols, you know, if one does the research, will always point back uh, to the Moors because in every corner of the planet that they're on, uh, we were the ones who civilized them and then gave them uh, their different systems, whether it's our spiritual system, you know, culture, um, all those different things are things that we gave them. So when you see a symbol, uh, that they have generally, it's yours in some sort of way, right? Hey, yeah. Thank you so much, both of you. You're welcome. Islam, Islam, Islam. All right. Islam. If anyone else has um, has a question uh, while we have the uh, the brother on, uh, again, doesn't matter the uh, subject. We just want to make sure that. Uh, we take a show, you know, show out to answer some of the questions, whether it's about nationality, whether it's about understanding how to um, declare your uh, your nationality, how to um, put the de uh, facto government on notice, whatever it may be. Trust. Uh, ask the question now, because again, we usually don't do a show where it's just open uh, question and answer. I do. While we're waiting on some other people to to come in, I did want to ask a, uh, another question. Going back to um, when we were speaking about uh, the Falcons, what, what are some of the, um, the reasons that originally we chose the Falcon uh, to be a symbol of Haru? What were some of the attributes that, that we understood from the Falcon? Right. That's because his mother turned herself into an image of a bird. Um. If you if we read um, the translations given to us by E.A. Wallace Budge or um, actually see the stone carving or the hieroglyphics or metronature, as it is called, um, this is on, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Temple of um, Abydos. Um, you will see that Osor has his phallus um, in which that was made. It was a clay phallus that was made by Tahuti and Osset transformed herself into an image of a bird and then flapped her wings hard enough in order for Osset to ejaculate in which that that maiden formed Heru. So he became the image of that bird based on the image of his mother being transformed and she lit herself over top of um, the phallus symbol. That phallus symbol now becomes the Tekin or Tekin news that is throughout the world. Um, the Washington Monument, um, the uh, obelisk in uh, or the Tekin um, in the St. Peter's Square, um, the Tekin in um, uh, uh, formerly known as Constantinople, but Istanbul, Turkey. You know, um, you know, it's all over the world. So. This 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 phallus becomes that particular symbol, and of course the word teking um, um, symbolizes power. Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to ask you a question about a recent um, 
lecture that I've seen uh, you took part in in, I think it was North Carolina, um, maybe about a month ago. I had seen, uh, had, had done some research and found the soul print, I think, that went back, the shoe, the shoe print. There's a shoe print that they found that I think goes back seven, I think they said seven to 20 million years or something like that. Uh, but I wanted to uh, get your some of your information as far as what are some of the oldest things that, that you've seen that they found here uh, the show that deals with the ancient civilization of uh, whether it was Mu, you know, uh, Atlantis, uh, Lemuria, any of those. Right. Well, um, we talking about the Caribbean's um, islands called Americana. Um, we'll find that off the coast of um, the Bahamas, you will have Bimini Islands, and right there. Um, Bimini Islands, you will have actual structures of walls, pyramids, um, streets, everything right there. Um, and matter of fact, if you go further down towards Cuba, um, that's really um, where it stretched to. So we find that that was the Atlantis Island. But then the mainland Atlantis was actually the eastern seaboard, um, as we actually are referring to. And um, there are the Empress found a um, actual um, ancient clock system in Florida. Uh, well, she wrote on that. She said she didn't find it, but her being a historian was one of the first ones to break that information to the so-called um, conscious community. Um, back in the 90s, in which that showed that that um, dated back um, thousands of years ago. So, you know, there's definitely some ancient things going on here. Um, good magazines to get would be the Ancient American Magazine, um, ID Magazine, um, Nexus Magazine, and Atlantis Rising Magazine. You can get these magazines from Barnes and Nobles or Books of Millions. Um, you know, so these four magazines would be something to get in order to catch up on some of this ancient information that the brother and I are talking about um, because it's imperative that we do so. We have to um, take our story further back than just, you know, um, hundreds and thousands of years ago because we know that we've been on this planet, as Elijah Muhammad stated, with no set birth record. You know, so we have to start acting like that and start taking our story further back. Now, when we're looking at the ancient spiritual systems, uh, what has mm-hmm. your research shown that were the ancient spiritual systems that existed not only um, in those um, ancient lands, but all the way up until um, colonization? What are some right. of the spiritual systems that we had? Um, actually, uh, we've come to find out that this um, Native Americans or the indigenous people actually had their own Masonic system um, prior to the invasion of the territories by the Europeans. Um, they had what was called, in particular, um, longhouses, right? This is um, shown um, for um, actually hundreds and possibly even thousands of years ago um, amongst 
you know, what we now refer to as the so-called five civilized tribes. Um, you know, so we're looking at these longhouses. This was actually uh, what we now refer to as Masonic lodges. Um, this is where um, the Native Americans slash indigenous people would go. Um, the males um, in particular would go in order to um, go through particular rites of passages, you know, um, very similar to the things, uh, very similar to actually, um, matter of fact, more than 70%, you know, um, of the exact same uh, ritual of Freemasonry today was actually being done then. So they come to find out that, you know, really, this, there was a spread of this ancient mystery school system throughout the world in which that is stolen legacy by George G. James. He speaks about this. He speaks about how it traveled through Greece from out of Africa, um, in particular from, out the, uh, from the Kushites, um, even the South Africans on up into Egypt, you know, um, spread it west amongst the Dogons and the Mali, you know, and then further on, you know, um, spread it out into um, India and Samaria, you know, or Mesopotamia, which is now Iraq and Iran or Kuwait, um, then spread it further out into um, Asia, you know, amongst the Chinese, amongst the Japanese. You know, there, there were schools, you know, here within the Americas that spread it out um, into the islands. Um, where Christopher Columbus even wrote within his diary that um, um, as they traveled, you know, they met um, and they went to Cuba, which he refers to as Isabella in his diary, um, that at the shores there was a so-called black emperor, um, a Moorish emperor who met him at the shore, who spoke Arabic, Aramaic, which is um, um, old Hebrew, and Chaldean. These are so-called Eastern languages spoken in the West in Cuba. Matter of fact, they found the mosque on top of the hill, in, um, in Cuba, based on their um, of what their on their own eyewitness accounts, so you know there's a lot in which that just has not been documented, and so we have to start putting the pieces of this puzzle um together, you know. So we see, you know, possibly thousands of years ago, the same ancient mystery school system coming up into uh, moderate, you know, uh, ancient, you know, moderate schools of um of the secret societies, you know, still being shown today. You know, um, we come to find out that what is referred to as Prince Hall, they was given the information of the Osarian um, mythology as far as the rituals and ceremonies was actually done by Albert Pike. And Albert Pike uh, was allegedly the, uh, one of the co-founders of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. You know, but yet he wrote um, this particular ritual of the Osarian mythology for the Prince Hall affiliates, you know, or as they call themselves, PHA. You know, so um, this, this, this information is now known. If you read Morals and Dogma by, by Albert Pike, he states in there that um, the European modern-day Mystery came from out of ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as a matter of fact, 
Um, they say that um, that they inherited their mysteries from the, Moses the Third. You know, um, or either um, or in the Rosicrucian speaks about Akhenaten uh, of Amenhotep the Fourth. You know, so they speak about how they came, how this information came from the 18th Dynasty during this time period. Wow. Now, um, a couple of couple of uh, books of reference. If, if those of you who are listening want to, you know, do some research on uh, what he's explaining, there's also a book, uh, Signs and Symbols of Primordial Man, a, a Abel Church book. Um, My Abel Church great book. Right. Mm-hmm. Great uh, book. To follow that, um, Sister Jacilla Dungy uh, Houston. Her book, um, Wonderful Ethiopians of the Ancient Kushite Empire, she exactly. talks a lot of the migration. Uh, right. Also, you know, don't forget to, you know, Brother Eileen's book uh, also, you know, deals with a lot of this information also. Uh, yes, we so do. So those are some reference, references if you want to pick up your studies on, you know, what, on the questions I'm asking them to, you know, bring out more information Um you know, so that you can get it and teach it also yourself. Now, when we're looking at um, one of the things that I, I found I want to get your angle on is when uh, we look at Thoth. You know, Thoth says that he brought the information um, coming out of Atlantis into Egypta or um, what we now call Tamaray or Egypt. Um, right. What what. what what has your research shown about that? Because a lot of our brothers uh, think that most of these spiritual systems and the uh, adept information actually started uh, in Ikuta, and that Ikuta was actually the height of of our center of learning. Uh, what is your angle of information on that? Um, that is possible. Um, um, if you get Albert Church Ward's brother's book, um, Church of Move, and his name is James Church Ward. Um, you know, uh, he speaks about Lemuria and Atlantis, you know, and how there was already black, so-called black people there. He speaks of the Twa people being on the Hawaiian Islands two million years ago, you know. Um, so um, when we look at Thoth, you know, Tahuti or Hermit Majestus, you know, we're talking about the Emerald Tablets, which is just one of the 42 Books in which that Tahuti is said to have um, brought to the world. Um, you have the Primer or the Primander, um, which is um, another book by Thoth. So these two books um, by Thoth or Tahuti is a necessity to read. Um, it correlates perfectly with the seven principles of Hermes, Trimagestus, or Hermes, um, which is actually called the Seven Universal Principles of Tahuti um, in a book called the three, by the three initiates called the Kabbalion. Um, also, the secret science by um, John Bain, as well as also Ancient Future, um, another book um, called Ancient Future by um, Wayne Chandler. You know, so um, these books are necessary to get in order to um, piece this puzzle, you know, piece this puzzle together, you know, because there's a lot of information that needs to be brought Together, for people can get clarity. Now, as far as uh, one of the things that we were talking about 
uh, on the show, it was like two or three weeks ago, um, was dealing with the uh, the hybrid experiment, you know, and going into the seed, uh, you know, the seed races um, and those, you know, those things that become different nationalities and ethnicities and, and all those different things that we, we term people as today. What has your research shown about those seed races and, and, and how uh, hybrid experiment, what is some of the other information that people can look up in the, uh, books that they can find them speaking of it? You know, because I know that uh, C.J. Madam C.J. Blavinsky speaks of it, uh, the hybrid experiments. I know if you do research on Moon and Atlantis, um, they'll speak of it very frankly and tell you um, that the fifth seed race being the Aryan race, you know, they'll go into it more when you read those mystery books. Uh, but is there any right. other books that you can give to them um, that charts progress of the experiments? Uh, and can you also go into um, how those experiments manifested into the Meso-Neolithic ages and the missing links? Right. Well, um, that's why I mentioned Lord Pai previously because his book, Everything They Told You in History is Wrong, goes into those particular hybrids in which that we know we're looking at um, the Sasquatch, um, which is referred to as the Bigfoot, um, as well as the smaller version of Yeti, which is actually related to the Neanderthal man. Um, you know, the Neanderthal, which that supposedly died out during the last ice age um, 10,000 years ago. But we also have information coming from um, another from another book, um, by Walter Scott called Hermetica, in which that the ancient Egyptians said in it that the worst thing that we have ever done was create man in our image and after our likeness. Um, they had been talking about the Tamahu, and the word Tamahu means made man or created man. Um, we're talking about mankind, you know, and the steps in which that we did in order to bring um, mankind into existence, in which that actually was from those particular genes in which that we just made mention of of those particular creatures or beings. This is why now we come to find out that um, more than 8%, you know, to 25% actually um, between the European and, and the said Asians um, have Neanderthal genes. You know, and this has been documented and, and viewed by, you know, re, you know, viewed and actually has been exposed by their own scientists. You know, and they said that Africans, um, for the most part, do not have these genes. If so, it would be less than 4%. Um, in particular, um, Africans, those from Africa, don't have them. Those who are in the diaspora may have it up to maybe 4%, 2 to 4%, and that's based on the mixing with the Albion or European. You know, so... Um, we're looking at the Neanderthal man, which is one of the um, hybrids coming from the Yeti and the Sasquatch or Bigfoot, um, you know, so forth and so on, you know. Um, and there's other, you know, um, hybrids in which that took place. It seems that um, the Nation of Islam, of course, speaks about, um, message to the black man, Elijah Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, he speaks about um, Yaqub you know, forming these people, you know, um, but 
you come to find out that Yakub was based on, which is a mythical character, was based on a real character who existed in ancient Egypt during the 15th dynasty by the name of Yakub Kerr. And the word Yakub Kerr, um, he was the pharaoh um, at that time period. This is actually when they started um, utilizing the word pharaoh, um, which means of the White House. Hence the concept of the White House even today within Washington, D.C., um, came from that word pharaoh, you know. Um, so um, those of the White House um, symbolizes actually um, when we see the red crown and then the white crown, the, the red crown symbolizes lower Egypt, the white crown symbolizes upper Egypt. So you was of the upper Egypt, in other words, of the higher self, Heru, as compared to the lower self, which was set. You know, so um, these ancient Egyptians show, um, as well as, like we said, the um, Atlanteans, Lemurians, you know, um, but Elijah Muhammad speaks about that they only go back 6,000 years. Well, there's another verification of this is that um, the Albion just revealed within the last year or two that blue eyes um, came about from a single um, being in which that only happened about 6,000 6, to 10,000 years ago. Once again, that was after the last ice age, you know, um, so that just took place. They even say that pale skin dates back no further than mm-hmm. 6,000 to 10,000 years ago. So that means during the same time as the pale skin, the same time as the um, eyes um, being blue, you know, all that came about around in the exact same time period, which was just like Elijah Muhammad said, it was around a 6,000-year period ago. You know, so we don't think that was just a coincidence. You know, that is something now that has been verified by scientists so they're verifying what Elijah Muhammad has been teaching now for, you know, um, you know, you know, nearly eighty years. The uh, one of the things that he was speaking about, you can find in uh, the National Geographic magazine that I keep referring you all to. If you Google um, humans and Neanderthals made it ten thousand years ago, I think is how they have it. And you put in National Geographic, that article Mm -hmm. um, that we're speaking of will come up. Um, There was something else I was going to say um, as far as where to find the information. Um, It'll come back to me. But I wanted to follow up with the question about there's a uh, also a uh, a dialogue going on that is taking place between people who say that the um, Anglo-Saxon or the Germanic tribes are the literal, literal offspring um, of the Asiatic man and woman. And, and then there's a side that says that the pheomelanin the um, does not come from eumelanin and that there is no precursor in eumelanin for pheomelanin. And I wanted to get your, your angle of information on that. Oh, what I was going to say before you answer that uh, is that when I spoke of that chart two weeks ago, that, that in the early 1900s where they show you the complexion of the different nations all around the, the earth, I think it's the 1926 uh, 
facial chart for the world. And they'll show you, again, that even what you call a Caucasian today was not a Caucasian in the 1800s and early 1900s. And so the, the, the Germanic tribes, as, as even in the early 1900s, as they were shown, was the Anglo-Saxon and um, I forgot the other one. But everyone else, even the Caucasian at this point, was considered dark. And I'm only saying that to reinforce the fact that in most cases, how we're viewing the world today is is very narrow because, you know, you don't have the information. So we have to do it, uh, be willing to empty that cup, you know, to be able to receive the truth because how we see the Arab, how we see the Turk, the Caucasian, uh, historically is the complete opposite, even as far as 100 years ago. We only have to go back 10,000. A hundred years ago, the viewpoint of of these different people was different. So, the the question I had was about the understanding of um, whether there's actual real science that shows that the European developed out of the womb of the Asiatic woman, whether it's through evolution or or, or what have you. And, and dealing with the, the the two different types of melanin. Right. Well, um, in some regards, some state that he was a test tube um, baby, um, meaning that, yes, there was some type of genes of ours in which they did go into the making in order to make him look some, uh, more human-like. Um, but yet, of course, we know that the word mankind means a kind of man that is not quite human. Um, so in that regard, um, there's still a state in which that can be evolved into um, if we want to believe in evolution, you know. So um, really, you know, that's what we're looking at is something in which that has not yet become quite human, you know, and the wait for them to become quite human is through mixing in. Now, we know that they had to have come from us because otherwise we would not be able to mix in with them. You know, they would not be able to be children in which they would be born because they would, they would be sterile, all right, if they was perfect um, hybrids, just like a donkey. A donkey is a perfect hybrid between a mule and a horse. But the donkey is, um, what's that? I think the mule, uh, what's the mule? No, uh, a donkey and a horse makes a mule, and the mule is sterile, if I'm not mistaken. So the mule can't have any um, children. So if they was a perfect hybrid, then they would not be able to have um, any children with us. And some, um, and, and actually in some regards, that is coming to that once again because their birth rate now is um, – is, is, has dwindled down to zero in um, a lot of places, meaning that for everyone that is born, one dies. There's no repopulation. Mm-hmm. And, and with the what – have you been able to find anything, or if you've taken the time to research it, regarding uh, the precursor from – from the being or not being a precursor in you melanin that would uh, that would develop male melanin. Um, 
Have you seen anything regarding that or taking the time to even research it at all? Oh, man, what's that we created? You said make what on them? Make fail, Melanie, meaning that when, when we're speaking of them coming, you know, from oh. us, right? So that school of thought right. that says right. they came from us would mean that there's a part of our you, Melanie, that has to have a precursor to allow the yes. development of fail, Melanie. Right. Well, and, what is you know? Right. What what is said is that if the European will actually go on a um, especially those who are vited, um who are um, a blood type, um, albions or Europeans, um, if they will actually go on a vegetarian or vegan diet and eat um a lot of fruit um that has antioxidants, they will naturally turn darker. Um, in other words, the melanocytes will begin to start producing. Um, uh, melanin, you know, um, some form of melanin in which that would give them the ability in order to darken in the sun without burning. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. You still there? Well, yes, that information um, actually came from Dr. Layla Africa. Um, who wrote the book, Nutricides, as well as also African Holistic Health. Yeah, I hadn't um, hadn't heard that about the uh, fruit. That's very interesting. And, um, um, yeah, I hadn't heard that. I'm going to have to look into, look into that one. Um, mm-hmm. But as we know it, there's no um, no one has really found a, a precursor. Uh, no. To that no. extent. Right. Okay. Um, and I say that because, I was, you know, there's a, as you already know, there's an ongoing discussion about that, you know, from those who believe the uh, the theory that is called the out-of-Africa theory and those who um, are doing research dealing with the hybrid experiments. Um, the out-of-Africa theory, for those who don't know, um, is a theory that says that all people evolved uh, out of Africa from basically us, uh, you know, and then the hybrid experiments are dealing with the creation. And also, you know, we'll, we'll tell you that every single part of our literature, all of our literature, uh, when you deal with our ancestors, deal with us creating a new species, creating human. No matter where you go, whether you go into the cuneiform, tab- cuneiform tablets, uh, some of the papyruses that come out of um, uh, different parts of um, Africa, uh, whether you come to even the stories here uh, that are told in a Mexum, uh, North, South, or Central Mexum, you all you find the story, the mythology that deals with us creating um, a new uh, species of humans. Uh, it's only when you get into the European science that you have this thought process or this theory that says that uh, they were born and there was a mutation that took place. Uh, but that's also part of the reason why they can't find the missing link is because those links in most yeah. cases were destroyed and then re, re, um, re, uh, rebirthed, you know, out of uh, splitting the ones who weren't, you know, good offspring, keeping the ones that were, mating them together, and then repeating that process. That's why they can't exactly. even find the link from the different right. ages, from the, you know, the meso-neo- Paleolithic ages, yeah, they can't find how they evolve, so they make up a, a transition point. But that transition right. point really doesn't exist when you look at the science and how they're presenting it. 
they can't show that conclusively. Indeed. That's true. So, well, I want, is there anything else you want to go in? Um, we don't have any callers in the line. I know it's uh, getting uh, a little late where you're at. Um, so is there, uh, I want you to uh, just mention the event for uh, this coming up weekend one more time, and um, unless there's something else you want to go into, uh, we'll cut you loose so you can get back to your donors. Okay, appreciate that. Um, the event is May 14th, May 15th, two-day event. It will be in Sacramento, California. Um, please call Brother Hakeem El Bay. We made his um, made mention of his phone number earlier in the show, so if you need to, rewind to the beginning. Um, once you get this out to archives, um, and also um, on the 14th, he will be talking about um, Moorish or more cosmology and zodiacal sciences. And then on the 15th, we will go into nationality, birth race, and um, how to become sovereign or sovereignty. Um, so if you're interested in any of these topics, which you should be in both, um, come on out. Um, please contact um, Brother Hakeem. Um, please tell him that um, you heard this show. And, um, you know, please come out and support. We need you. Thank you. Indeed. And Brother Hakeem's math, uh, again, is 916-599-6919. And um, the event will take place at 4311 Atwa Avenue, A-T-T-A-W-A Avenue in the Sacramento Territory. Uh, uh, seating uh, is limited, uh, so this is not um, probably going to be your best wait to the last minute event. Um, is, so you want to go ahead and contact Brother Hakeem uh, tonight or tomorrow if you need any more information. You can also hit me up on my email at Northgate Bay. Bay is, of course, B-E-Y at gmail.com. Um, remember to also visit uh, Dr. Arlene's website um, and uh, support him and his efforts to uh, help to raise fallen humanity also. You can give him that website, website one more time. That is www.drlemelbay, that's D-R-A-L-I-M-E-L-B-E-Y.com. That's www.drlemelbay.com. Um, yes, please support us because we're definitely trying to do the work um, and try to get as much um, of your questions answered. Um, it should be there um, through the various articles um, as well as also through the 300-plus videos um, and shows that we have from our broadcast called First World Radio every Wednesday, um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and then we have also our YouTube channel in which that we have these shows there as well as also our videos, um, which is um, Aline and Kadera. That's A-L-I-M, capital N. And that's K-H-A-D-I-R-A-H, as well as our um, other website, um, which is called 
Moore Heritage. That's M-O-O-R-H-E-R-I, I mean, um, T-A-G-E, Heritage. Um, so um, please visit those two websites, um, those two um, websites, uh, which is our YouTube pages, and you can find a bunch of information there, I'm pretty sure. All right. All right, we're our appreciation, um, you know, coming on and taking your time out. I look forward to, um, you know, getting with you, building with you this weekend. And, um, uh, thank you, you know, appreciate your time. And with uh, that, I appreciate we're going to go you, ahead brother. Thank you. Yes, indeed, indeed, Islam. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and end the show. We'll be back on next uh, next Monday, uh, same time, same station. And uh, we'll see you then. Peace and love. Peace and love.